You're listening to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where faith journeys extend beyond the Sunday sermon. Join Pastor Jeff Carlson and guests as they dive deeper into spiritual topics, offering insights and reflections that resonate with believers from all walks of life. Join us for enriching conversations in faith, life, and community. This is Beyond Sunday. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. I'm here. This is Pastor Jeff. I'm here with Pastor Rabbi Zach. I wish he wouldn't call me Rabbi. Hello, <laughs> hello there. It's a wonderful <laughs> title. Uh, and we wanted to do a couple of episodes here on what the Assemblies of God calls ordinances of the church. And uh, one of those ordinances is baptism. The other one's communion. And we're going to talk about that in a separate episode. But today, we'd like to uh, just kind of dive in a little bit to baptism, water baptism, and what it is, why we do it, what how, how we practice it, etc. And so uh, let's just talk for a minute about where this comes from. This is not really a Christian invention. This is an adoption uh, from a Jewish tradition of baptism. So maybe, Zach, talk about that for a minute if you oh, want to. That, that really gets me going. I, I'm going to take the whole episode <laughs> on that one. I won't let so, you do that. So you have, you have the Great Commission, therefore... Uh, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we need to return to that. But the interesting thing is that on the on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, is the first fulfillment of that. Mm-hmm. The day the church was born, they fulfilled that. And uh, Peter says, Acts chapter 2, Verse 38, repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children, for all those who are far away, as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly urged and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this crooked generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and on that day, about three thousand souls were added have you been to baptism have you been to jerusalem i have not okay i've been to the temple mount there is nowhere to baptize three thousand people not on the temple mount so they would have had to go somewhere else they had they had to find somewhere and they didn't return to the jordan river yeah they couldn't have but probably one of those pools like the pool of salome you named it because in uh, what year was it? I think that they just 2004. This the city works was digging, and they came across a stone. And a guy named uh, named Eli Shukrans, he worked with Ronnie Reich, one of the main archaeologists there. And they said, "Hold on, don't dig, don't start digging your sewers or whatever. This is something important." And the pool of Siloam, where in John Jesus had healed a blind man, mm-hmm. they rediscovered it. Oh, that recently, 2004. And now they could only excavate half of that pool. And the other half, last year, they got permission to excavate. So the pool is 250 feet long, and it ha- it's wow. steps that go down in three in three sessions. We got to sit on one side of it when I was there, and I got to talk to Ellie Shukran, too, right outside of that pool, the guy that was initially said, stop digging. And so there's this giant uh, mikvah. Is what yep. it would be called. Yep. And uh, uh, mikvah is the Jewish ceremony of where they would do a ceremonial ritual cleansing. Yes. Now, it, it did cleanse their bodies, you know, wash off stuff. But they, to, in order to 
really do it properly, a Jewish person had to take a bath before they immerse themselves because they were supposed to leave the water dirty. Yeah. But th- it was a ritual thing. So before they immerse themselves in a, a, uh, one of the mik- mikveah, I think is plural, but before they would do this, they would have to be bodily clean, but they were ceremonially unclean. Yeah, so this so baptism for them was a regular event and a ceremony. I think we yeah. see some in the New Testament like... We have people being baptized into into John's message. We have Jesus being baptized. Yeah. We have, obviously, the the disciples being baptized and others coming to Christ to be baptized, not just for healing but baptism. Uh, so what what so that's different than the ceremonial cleansing that they would do before they went into the into the temple. Well, the interesting thing is to me is on the day of Pentecost it turned into that because yeah. uh, Reich and Shukran also excavated. There is a street that runs directly from the pool of Siloam to the temple. It, it's a, the, yeah. They would sing the song of ascents, and the people, after they immerse themselves, the men would walk up there singing the song of ascents from the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. and then they would go worship in the temple. So, so they're all up there on the day of Pentecost, and Jesus says, be baptized. So, so these are the first believers. They went back down to the pool, yeah. and they use it now for Christian baptism. Yeah. And they were being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So they started there at the pool and ended up back there at the pool on that day. And probably in you know while the church was in Jerusalem, that would be where a lot of the baptisms, if not all of them, would have would have taken place. We have other incidences through the Book of Acts, uh, for instance, when Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, and other moments at the yeah. at the church in Ephesus and other places where there was baptism that was happening regularly. In fact, I would say we don't really have a we don't have any evidence or incidents of a Christian who was not baptized in water in the Book of Acts or the New Testament that I can find. So it was a norm. It became uh, again adopted from a Jewish tradition retranslated into so when you're baptized uh what would we say that is symbolic of what does that mean to a believer someone who's come to christ it's not something that we would ask people to do before they come to christ it's a after salvation uh uh thing to do so so what would that what would that mean what what does it represent to us when we are baptized uh, well you you know romans 6 uh, therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so also we may live in a new way of life. So this this act of baptism, <clears throat> of course, we practice just like the scripture shows. Our church practices as much as possible immersion. Mm-hmm. So it's a sim- we see the picture of the person going under like uh, being buried in the water identification with the death and burial of Jesus Christ and then being raised up out of the water symbolically picturing in our minds the resurrection of Jesus Christ so water baptism to me is the identification of a believer who has already accepted Christ in their heart has already agreed to follow Jesus, has already been saved. They already identify that Jesus died and rose again again from the dead. I want to identify with that. So they want to be baptized to tell everybody, I identify with Jesus Christ. So we're being baptized into Christ, Colossians 2, having been buried with him in baptism, 
and raised with him through the through the faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. So there's this huge symbolism uh, to to the individual that they are laying down their old life and they're putting to death their flesh. They're putting to death their old, uh, you know, the old person that they were, the old man or the uh, the first man, and then they're being raised again to life. Now, there's not salvation, though, in baptism. That is something that happens before. So it's not that you're not saved unless you're baptized. Yeah. In, in fact, we have incidents of that in Scripture. In, in Acts chapter 10, um, I like that one because a bunch of Italians got saved. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm married to an Italian, so I, I like anything, too. anything Italian. I love it. Uh <clears throat> Surely, this is Acts 10, 47. Surely no one can withhold the water for these people to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as we also did. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So this this water baptism was not only subsequent to, you know, following their salvation, but also they had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues Right in that chapter. Yeah, in the same so, moment. Yeah. So first they were saved, then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then they were said, you also need to be baptized in water. So it isn't identi- it's not the same thing as salvation. It is different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture. If yeah. we're going to follow Scripture, yeah. that is. We probably should. I think follow so. Follow Scripture. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'd say about baptism is it's always a public event. It's not a... Uh, a few years ago, we had a, you know, a couple celebrities get saved, and and there's there was some talk about them being baptized privately, like in their bathroom or whatever. Uh, but what we find in scripture is it, there weren't a lot of private baptisms. They were they were, or if any, I mean, yeah. the closest you could get is the Ethiopian eunuch, just because nobody else was around. But it was still in a public place, out in the open, off the street, whatever. And that's what we find all through the Book of Acts. So how important is it that? that this is a public statement. It's a public declaration. Well, I think if we're going to make a confession of Christ, we need to, we need to do it to the people around us. Even, even if it's just to your immediate family, I have, I have been participant in baptisms where the only ones that could be there yeah, because of a, a medical situation yeah. that it just was private. It was just the family that came in and we had it was a cute little baptismal service followed with a cute little communion you know if if they if you i don't i hate to use the word cute but you know what i mean right you know it's just us in in the in the little apartment where it had to be done because we couldn't move this person to a baptismal tank or to a river or something somewhere yeah yeah i i uh i know for some people around the world um especially believers in let's say anti-christian nations this idea of public baptism is kind of a big deal um we have lots of missionaries and people around the world that talk to us about you know what it's like for someone in nepal or in um uh, uh, yemen or in an arab nation or in china or certainly in soviet russia i asked a guy from uh, arab nation what what do you do for baptisms and they they the believers that he talked about were only were baptized in front of other believers that they trust is not going to turn them in and have them executed or put in prison. So, th- but they the interesting thing was, I don't know if we should put this on there or not. 
they were using the mosque's shower room. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I said, that is really interesting. Yeah. Because they didn't have pools. They weren't in a Jewish community in the same where there'd be something similar to the pool of Silouan or, yeah. or a mikveh that they could get yeah. into. And there weren't Christian churches. So they did the next best thing. Yeah. And, and what do you, what do you think of that? For instance, I mentioned medical condition. Yeah. What in, in an urgent situation, yeah. I have performed clinical baptisms where I poured water in place of having a tank to baptize someone with a medical yeah, condition. I think, I think the the idea of immersion is is the ideal situation based on what we see in Scripture. I certainly think there are moments and times when that's not possible for whatever reason. And, yeah. you know, I, I also reiterate, you know, baptism is not a requirement for salvation. It is a, I think, sort of the first act of obedience after we become saved, once we accept Christ, it's the first sort of, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you in baptism, uh, as Paul encouraged us to do, following what Christ did. But I think there are some uh, different exceptions in ways, and in, in depending on where you are. I just, I strongly feel like this is a public statement uh, yeah. that, you know, it, it, it needs to be something declared to the world that this is, this is what I'm going to do and this is the kind of life I'm going to live. And because of that, it shouldn't be something that we do flippantly or lightly. It should be if, something... If we're going to follow Jesus, we can't be ashamed of him. No, right. All. Right. And I think that's what's fascinating about the other countries of the world. In fact, we've had, uh, you know, college students uh, come to the United States from those kinds of countries. And uh, recently there, well, recently, within the last two or three years, you know, there was a student from an Arab nation who... Uh, got saved while they were here and were they were baptized and for them that was a real thing because the possibility of being cast out of their family and disowned and and in some countries of the world it's quite legal to just kill Christians if you know that they're Christians like murder them on the street I, I just read something about that this yeah. just this week I read something it's not about that many that. places but it is in some right. and so for for a believer like that so like Western Christians that you know we don't deal with that and you know we're happy to baptize our six-year-old and and whatever that once they know the Lord we don't understand that kind of thing, but in the in the first century, it and certainly centuries after that, it became that way, where baptism was a significant moment because you were declaring to the world, "I'm going to follow Christ and His death and resurrection, and I'm going to be a Christian." And yeah. in lots of places, that was a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. We don't feel that in America and Western culture right now, but our brothers and sisters around the world often do, right. and right. I think it's something that. Uh, Christians in the West probably take too lightly, maybe more as a as a you know Christian rite of passage more than a declaration. I, I, I on that topic of taking it lightly and that we we kind of use it flippantly. I think some of that's attached to the fact that we in the assemblies of God we treat it as an ordinance, not a sacrament. Yeah, and in in other Christian religions. Catholicism, Anglican, as some of them use water baptism as a sacrament. Now, explain the difference then between a sacrament and a, because we do have folks we know, we have listening that have we have that two in the past. ordinances, and in other churches there are seven sacraments. A sacrament, it, if if it was just defined as visible signs of invisible divine grace, we wouldn't have trouble with it, but. 
what that means is a sacrament does something that um, by performing that act, you actually, it contains the grace of God and it confers the grace of God upon that person. So like in baptism, when they baptize an infant, it actually saves that infant. It confers that grace upon them. But we call it an ordinance because... Well, we wouldn't believe that that would be true. That infant needs to grow up and make their own decision for right. Christ. Yeah. And and before we move on from that, I want to say too, if someone was baptized as an infant, I recommend that they take a public declaration of faith in Jesus Christ and be baptized by immersion, not as a sacrament, but because you're following Jesus. Yeah. And, and this is what we do say about the ordinances. They're not sacramental. They don't um, save you. No. They if don't give you any better right standing with God. Did, did you watch Nacho Libre? <laughs> Cheeps. I want some Cheeps. So, so Nacho says to Escalito, he says, I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. Why is it you have not been baptized? And so the, the other guy says, I, because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me just because I only believe in science. <laughs> so uh, Nacho, which you know it's Jack Black. Yeah. Nacho says, but tonight we're going up against Satan's cavemen. And in the background, Nacho's filling up this big bowl of water. And he sneaks up behind the skinny guy. I now just thought it would be a good idea if you and he slams his head into the bowl of water and says, "Praise the Lord!" as <laughs> as if somehow that baptism yeah. converted him. Yeah. If we if we drag sinners in, force them to be baptized, we just send out a bunch of wet, angry sinners. Yes. It doesn't transform anybody through the grace of God. That's why we in the assemblies of God we believe the scriptures that water baptism should follow your faith in Jesus Christ, that you've already experienced the death and resurrection. You died the uh, death to sin and the new life in Jesus Christ. So, yeah. so ordinances are a remembrance or a reminder or a representation. But sacraments, actually, they have some religious effect upon you. So we don't have sacraments. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's what they That would fly in the face of the Reformation and some of the things that we got away from in the in the Catholic Church that created Protestantism, which is, you know, why we don't require baptism. We don't say that it's necessary. I will say in... I, I say it's necessary. I don't require yes, it. Yes, yes. It's not required for Agreed. salvation, but you ought to do it. I think it's you, necessary. If you're following Jesus, Jesus did it, right? He did. Well, how do you follow Jesus if you don't get baptized? If you can't... Jesus the, didn't need to be baptized. The first step of obedience... Yeah, which is to follow him in baptism. I think is a big deal. In fact, uh, uh, there's you know statistics float around over there, and I don't have exact statistics, but there is some trend that those who re, uh, Christians who refuse to be baptized, refuse to follow Christ in that, uh, have a much higher rate of falling away from the Lord uh, through the course of their life. In fact, there's other there's other statistics out there that have connected water baptism to being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which we'll do another podcast on that at some point. Yeah. Uh, and how, you know, people that are water baptized have a, they have a more deep commitment to serving Christ. And it seems to enable them in a, in a more, I don't know, less laborious way to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there's, you know, that's, I guess, 
uh, I don't know. I don't have like you know forty seven percent of people that get baptized. Yeah. You know, we subsequently be are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you were I preaching, that. I would be in the pew looking this up. You would right be now. texting me things. <laughs> yes, uh, but there does seem to be a correlation between those two. You know, serving the Lord for your life, and I also think though that um, making a decision for water baptism. You know, we we would say don't be baptized in water as a child until you have reached, you know, what we call the age of accountability where you are are saved and understand the Lord. And I have no trouble with that. I I definitely baptize kids like that. But I've known a lot of people who as children, they were baptized and then later in their life, in their 20s or 30s or whatever, when they really made that commitment for for themselves. Yeah. They were re-baptized. You see anything wrong with that? I, I did. I did that in my life. Yeah. Did you? I, um... I was really young, and you know, and I I believed in Jesus, and so in the I grew up in a church that you you had to be baptized in water immersion or you weren't saved, yeah. And we didn't even use the word saved back then. I think they might now sanctified. So I went forward, is what we called it. We didn't call it getting saved. I went forward, and I was baptized. And after you're baptized in that church, you're allowed to receive communion. But uh, then later on. I, I really felt that I had drifted away from the Lord. And my, my mom and dad started taking us to an Assembly of God church, and I recommitted my life. And I know, I, I know I've been baptized uh, in water uh, a few times then. The most recent was, I mentioned that trip to Israel. I didn't get to be in the Pool of Siloam, yeah. but they took us to the Jordan yeah. River. And you get to rent a little baptismal gown, you know, for a few Sounds shekels. Sounds like a racket. Yeah, it, there's a racket there, and you get it, and they bat, you get to be baptized. I said, yeah. absolutely. I didn't feel like I had backslidden or anything. Yeah, but since since we don't view it as sacramental, you a person can be baptized, you know, to make a proclamation to that yeah. group of people. Yeah. If you move to a new area of the world, and you feel God moving on you there is nothing wrong with being baptized i think it's super important to to recognize you know because salvation or baptism doesn't bring salvation you don't you know every time you sin you don't need to get baptized you know you don't there's not like a like an assurance that comes if you're like well i felt like i sinned the last couple of months really badly so no it's just to to tell baptized. it's just to tell people right I'm back with the Lord, you know, so yeah. I, I got rebaptized. But in the case of kids, you know, for 19 years, I was a children's pastor. I baptized quite yeah. a few yeah. uh, of younger people. Yeah. Uh, I think the youngest one was about six years old. Well, I do want to say, like, to parents, like, you know, challenge and encourage your kids to be baptized. Yeah. But I would say don't chalk it up to some you know, rite of passage that they need to go through when they're six, seven, or eight years old. Make sure that uh, the child really understands and embraces what this means. Just create some really good questions. Why do you want to be baptized? Exactly. What's the meaning of baptism? And go over the scriptures like we've done today with that child and to see that they understand them and then come to the pastor and say, I know this child's only eight years old, yeah. but she loves Jesus. Yeah. Usually that's what they say. I love Jesus. I want to be like him. I say, all right, come on, I'll baptize well, you. Well, that's great. That's <laughs> you know, great. because later on, if they say they, they that that didn't really mean anything, then they should get baptized. And I, and Again, I've, I've run into just tons of people in their, you know, in their twenties or their colleges or whatever, when they really, like I say, you know, I got saved when I was little, but I really got saved when I was about 20. Yeah. When I like decided this is my faith, I'm going to walk this walk. I'm going to live for the Lord. And I mean, I had an altar moment, the whole thing ran to the altar, 
prayed for by Sam Pavlak and so many other people, <laughs> you know, Sam, so many other people in my church on a Sunday night while I was in Bible college. And it wasn't that I was out sinning deeply. It was just that that was the moment I felt like I finally, for me, made, said, this is this is what I'm going to do and who I'm, uh, I'm going to serve. And I think people have that moment often later in their life when they've been saved as a child, uh, <clears throat> where, they're, where they're, it's going to be their faith now, not their families. And so I think it's very legitimate and and uh, acceptable for them to then want to be baptized again. So I would say this, uh, just kind of wrapping it up, if if you're listening today and you've not been baptized, I challenge you to really consider that. We offer it several times a year. You sign up on the app or uh, just let us know uh, via via the website or whatever that, that you'd like to participate in water baptism. We'll baptize anybody who you know, is expressing a commitment to Christ and saying that they want to serve the Lord. Um, you know, we, the, really the, the judgment in, is in your own personal heart if, it's, if you're ready. We don't have a vetting process, if you will, in that sense. Uh, so we'll, we'll baptize you if you want to make a public confession of Christ. So if you've never been baptized, man, I think uh, it is an act of obedience to the Lord. There's no reason to not do it. As you said, you've done people that were had a medical condition, and we've, you know, we, we can accommodate lots and lots of things. Uh, but if you've been baptized maybe as a child or even as an infant, if you come from an Orthodox background, and uh, now in your adult life you've made a full commitment to Christ and you'd like to make that public uh, again, you know, that I think that'd be a great way to do it. So I just challenge you. It's an important step of obedience. It is something we call an ordinance of the church and it's something we do to remember Christ. And, you know, we die in Christ and we're raised to life again because of what Jesus has done for us. Uh, and that's really, really important. So you got any last thoughts in 27 seconds? <laughs> just it's, I, I want to identify myself with Jesus we all identify ourselves. We put stickers on our car. We wear t-shirts. People get tattoos. <laughs> this is more important than any of those. Yeah. If you want to identify yourself as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is the way be to baptized. Do it. This yeah. is the way. And it's not our idea. It's something that was set out very clearly in the early church and really before the church was even born in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks for listening today. If you're, if you're planning to get baptized, maybe you're even listening to this because you signed up to be baptized. If you have any questions, we'd love you to reach out to us. Uh, we'd be happy to sit down and answer those questions and help you really have a solid understanding of what baptism is and why it's important uh, to the life of a believer. Uh, not the assemblies of God, not Connection Point Church, just in the life of a believer. Sure. Why they need to follow Christ. So, hey, thanks for listening today. We'll be back very soon with another hopefully really interesting episode of Beyond Sunday. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We invite you to join the conversation and share your thoughts at connectionpointchurch.org slash Sunday. Spread the word and share this podcast with others. Stay inspired and connected as we explore faith beyond Sunday.